Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Joining me today is one of the stars of the hit show, Wu-Tang and American Saga, Janelle Young. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? on? Jamel Cutler. The frequency (laughs) is high, brother. (laughs) All right, man. So um, are you happy with the universal acclaim that the show has received so far? Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. I'm glad to be a part of such an iconic project. You know, being Wu-Tang Clan, being from Staten Island, New York, is I'm a proud citizen, I guess I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like audition for Jizza or um, or was it like somebody else? Um, no, I at first I auditioned for Power's role. Uh, then I auditioned for Old Dirty Bastard. And the third mm-hmm. audition I had was for was for Jizza, but I also did my own uh, I did my own audition before I got the audition. I made an audition tape acting as the Jizza, rapping one of his songs and doing one of his interviews, and it went viral. And that's what got me an opportunity to go to audition for him in uh, LA. Before the show premiered and they was going through the selection process, did the real life Wu-Tang members, you know, have a, have a say in like who played them? Or was it just oh, basically the, I feel the like, producers? I feel like, um, I feel like uh, most of it was uh, producers and some, some uh, members that were fortunate, they did pick or had a lead on some of them, but uh, most of it was, it was good casting. Ken Coleman, she really came through mm-hmm. and everybody that really matched up and looked like each other with um, members. Did being from the island, you know, make portraying Jizza that much important to you or just being on this show in general? One, being from Staten Island, it was this pressure because it's like, yo, these, these, these are icons from where I'm from. And the one I'm playing is Jizza, the Jizza, the genius, like, that definitely, definitely is some big shoes to fill, and I feel like I'm uh, stepping up to the plate. Did playing this role like help you grow as an actor and as a person? Definitely, uh, learning about Jizza himself definitely helped me in my day to day journey, and uh, as an actor as well, yeah, it definitely helps because um, the way I'm I'm shot in the film is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of days on set, being directed, um, working with other castmates. So definitely, definitely both a life lesson and a career lesson. What's the most surprising thing that you learned about Jizza during this whole process? The most surprising thing was how he manifests and how what he's really rapping about is like a science. Like, that's one of the most amazing things. And I didn't know that he actually 
was like they as they call him the backbone of the Wu-Tang I didn't know he, his importance of the Wu-Tang as much I thought he was just like a regular rapper or one of the cousins of Bobby but he does he did a lot of behind these things that brought them together and actually got them a core which is the supreme mathematics like the book you showed can you talk about talk about like the hardest part about playing Jizza because because to me there's like so many layers to him as a person like for me that'll be like a hard role to um to portray probably the rapping you know i had to learn them lyrics you know he's a he uses as he says he uses his tongue as his sword and a lyrical assassin so every all his man, uh, mannerisms how he hold his tongue and his cadence when he's rapping definitely had to pay attention to that and along with his delivery when he's talking to other members because he's a he's the one that everybody listens to basically he, he's the one that's the core so like when he talks like they listen so mm. i had to bring that to, to the set and bring that to his music as well did you like have to follow him around like like shadow him for like a day or two to you know get the true essence of him um i was i was fortunate to go see him perform and meet him backstage a, a couple of times and speak to him on the phone and uh luckily when i when i got some of my scripts I was able to connect and, and work with him, like see what he would say in certain uh, predicaments or where his mind at was during certain times of the day or certain scenes. So, yeah. I caught that performance that you two had, man. She was crazy. Oh, yeah. The one at um, Blue Note, New York City. Yeah, man. You, you was there? So, nah, nah. I seen it on the gram. I wish I okay. was there, though. <laughs> yeah, the energy was high, <laughs> man. Thank you, bro. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that the Jizza, like he's a real like genius. Like he's really big into science. He's given lectures at Harvard and NYU. And to me, like to me listening to his to me listening to his music growing up, that's the last thing I would expect from him. Yeah, definitely. It was it was that's it was a shocking factor. Like you said, he he's a professor basically. He's a science teacher. So um to learn that about him and see how he speaks and delivers to other people is it's inspiring and got me wanting to like mm -hmm. branch out into other spokesperson things and opportunities i know you mentioned earlier that the rapping was the hardest part but did he coach you on on the rapping side of things when it came to his rhythmic pattern and his style um no i just really watched and digged into all his performances and how, what he really felt while he was saying those things and kind of just like embodied it and just put it all together. It was just hours of, I ain't gonna lie, my mom would lock me in the, in the, in the living room and make me sing his verses over and 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 over, <laughs> and over the day before we film or right before we start shooting. All right, so like usually with bio series, you know, the writers, they always have to sprinkle like a little bit of fiction in the series um what to you to you what was it like threading the needle between like real life and fiction when it came to this project oh no it wasn't it wasn't a uh wasn't a hassle or anything at all what i like best about this show that it features a lot of untold stories about their upbringing in staten island especially when it came to you know about the drug dealing and stuff like he talk about the or the authenticity of the show and and how important it is to show that authenticity? I mean, the show is pretty much authentic. Like I said, I grew up in Staten Island. I'm born and raised. So um, like all neighborhoods, we do have some like stuff that goes on that 
you know, where you have to present and have to hold your family down. So, but um, it's this. definitely important to have that because it, 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 it can definitely, you can look at it two different ways. It can be inspiring and then, and it also you could be looked at as like looked down upon. But I feel like I'm always want to go to the inspiring positive stories because it does show some inner city kids who are going through these type of situations, getting themselves out. That thing, I feel like that's the most important part. They're getting themselves out mm -hmm. of it, coming together to get themselves out. So that could be the, the message that you could definitely take away. So it is important to show that type of stuff. It's real. The five percent aspect is one of my favorite um, things about the show. Like you talk about how important the gods and earth is important to to Wu Tang's overall history and to um, Staten Island and New York as a whole. That's their that's that's their core. That's the foundation. That was what just implanted in each of them, and they all took that journey together to build. As that's one of their um, one of their themes is is build. So yeah, it's very important. It's very important. Did you have to learn about the 120 lessons to help prepare you for the role? Um, I definitely had to dig in and uh, reach out, do some research to some of my father's friends who are five percenters and uh, mm -hmm. some of uh, his close family, Jizza, Rizza, I have to learn some of the lessons and build with them. A lot. Uh, one of the dudes that really helped me out a lot was mathematics, which is their DJ. So yeah, that definitely, definitely played a part in my getting my role together. Besides your dad, like, did you have any interactions with the five percenters growing up in uh, in Staten Island? Yeah, I, I remember having some interactions, but I was young, so I didn't really think much of it. But now that I'm older, I was like, oh, that's what they meant by saying that when I would walk by or whenever I was traveling around New York City, I would always get like little bits and pieces or see them outside preaching in in uh in Brooklyn, New York, or outside of Staten Island, like on a subway or something like that. All of the main cast, you guys played your role well, but it's really scary how much, how much TJ looks, how much he looks like the real ODB. Like for me, I really yeah. thought he was um, ODB real son in the show promo. Yeah, nah, for real. Um, TJ's doing an exceptional job playing ODB. I mean, if y'all thought his mm. last uh, season's performance was Emmy winning or uh, award winning, then wait till you see this year. I mean, he's just killing it every scene. He comes in prepared like a professional and he really puts on and embodies ODB. And Shamik, he played a good Ray too. Like I knew I knew it was Ray um just basically from the part in his hair. But do oh, yeah. but do yeah yeah but do played a good Ray too. No, you would think he's from New York, but he's really from mm -hmm. uh from Atlanta. So <laughs> And Davies, he sounds just like Method Man. Like was that his real voice or was he Oh that was Davies. No, that's Davey's, that's, that's, that's Davey's voice. It was crazy talent, man. Like, I really thought it was a voiceover for a minute. Nah, that's Dave. <laughs> Yo, did Dave help you out with the rapping any? Uh, nah, nobody helped me with the rapping. I just, just got it, yo. I ain't even gonna lie. All right. All right, so from season one to season two, there was kind of like a big gap. Like, can you elaborate if you know, you know, what was the, what was, the delay from season one to to season two? Um, I feel like the, the only delay we had was obviously COVID and the world shutting down. I mean, mm -hmm. we couldn't film during that that whole era. But yeah, that was that was pretty much it. We were signed, stood and ready for season two, but life things came up. We had to sit down for a little bit. You know, 
you know, to me, I think that the delay could be a blessing in disguise. Like to me, it kind of added a sense of, you know, urgent anticipation going into season two. Definitely, definitely did. Because now everybody's been waiting for it. And now the hype around the show is just even more, the buzz is even more outgoing and more lit as they say now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna be amazing. We got what, the countdown like two weeks? Yep, I got it down. Two weeks, man. So what can we expect going into the new season? Everything y'all wanted in the first season. So what, what did you expect coming into season one? Wu-Tang Clan, the music, right? We wanted to hear the music. You wanted to see Wu-Tang. That's what you wanted to see. So season two, yep. what we're giving you. We're giving you, we're giving you, giving you Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, uh, Method Man, Inspector Deck, You God, Master Killer. We're giving it to you. So it's like, this is, we're Wu-Tang now, and we are recording in the 36 Chambers, uh, getting ready to take over New York City. And the rap, not even New York, just the rap, culture period i saw rizza i saw that he wrote a good chunk of the first season can we expect the same thing for season two yeah after the writer's room was uh, what i've heard was going on the writer room it was lit so they had a lot of good information so they got it, everything down to the t rizza and all the writers they definitely did their thing when i read the first episode i was like oh this is where we going with it yeah definitely gonna be another another banger <laughs> Aside from Rizzo, what was it like working with the other writers in the series? Oh, it was great. I mean, they were very detailed. It was very, like, everything on paper. It gave me the freedom to actually live into Jizz's character. So that was the, that was mm-hmm. the most best. You know, um, when you was filming season two, did you feel any added pressure to put on a good performance, you know, after all the success season one had? um added pressure i yeah. feel like it was a, always a little bit of added pressure with me i always tend to critique myself a little bit more but um yeah it was good pressure though because it's like i always you always want to do better than the day before so i wanted to, yeah. my performance season two to be even better than it was in season one so you know i in season one i noticed um the clothes was was pretty much true to fashion on how on how it was back in, you know, 92. Um, can we expect kind of the same thing going forward? It's crazy. The 90s, they got 90s down, packed. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, what was your favorite 90s brands? Because to me, I'm always a Tommy Hill guy from back then. 90s brands, FUBU. I was a FUBU kid. I had Paco. See what I'm saying? I had uh I had some Kalkanai, I had some Tommy. I definitely had some Tommy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were my those were my brands. Jordan. I was a big Jordan fanatic. Nike, of course, but yeah. Oh not more Jordan and Kalkanai, Fubu type. You know, and also in season one, I think I kind of peeped the St. Ides. Like, um, do you do you recall those St. Ides commercials with um Ice Cube and um and Biggie? from back in the day? Uh, I definitely don't recall those. <laughs> man, man, you making me feel mad old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, so like as a group, you know, Wu-Tang, they put out some classic albums, but I think their solo albums, you know, stood out the most. Like what's your favorite Wu-Tang solo album? 
Um, besides Liquid Swords, my favorite solo album was um, hmm, I like Raekwon's. I like Raekwon album. Raekwon, I'll be bumping his joints. Raekwon was fired. Then Ghost came out when he did the Mighty Healthy. That album was fired. Then um, Capadonna got some heat too. They all they always in a chamber, yo. They always in a bag on their solo albums. But yeah, I, I would say Raekwon's or or Jesus for sure. You know which um, which Cuban Links album do you think is the best? The first one or the or the second one? Uh, yeah, I like the yellow tape. Yeah, man, I I kind of like the first one better, but that's just me though. I like the yellow tape. Yellow tape mm-hmm. fire. I mean, so like, so like, kind, so like, kind of going back to Jizza, he had one of the most underrated albums with Liquid Swords, like all these years later. Where would you rank? Um, where would you rank this album? Uh, in, in terms of what all hip hop? Nah, just, just among like you know the first batch of Wu Tang solo hip-hop albums. Catalog. I say I say the Liquid Swords album got to be top five for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm talking fire. Really go back and really like tune in. It's fire. You know what's your favorite track from that album? I like um Bible and Duel of the Iron Mikes. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Duel of the Iron Mike. Two eight and strike. That's my joint right there. Ain't gonna cap. <laughs> man, yeah, shit's fire, man. And it also like samples a lot of karate flicks. Like, what do you think about the karate flick influence? Oh, I've been watching Karate yeah, Flicks since I love how they, I, that's one of the things that really dragged me into them when I was young. Like they used the karate stuff and I was doing karate at the time, you know? So it was like, mm-hmm. it just one came together. You know, if the series goes that far, like I hope we get to see, you know, the making when the of- when, when the series goes that far, sir. <laughs> of Liquid Swords, like, um, because to me, I think there's one of the most iconic albums in like hip hop history. To me, it's right up there with with the Illmatics of the world. Oh yeah, definitely. I can agree. All right, and um, and what do you think about Wu Tang's influence on rap music? This period. I think they got a big influence on rap music. I mean, them them snares and them raw rugged hi hats and them raw rugged beats are back now. Everybody they call them drill beats. But I feel mm-hmm. like RZA and started that culture and Spence started that lane when he was making the RZA beats back in the day. So everything's coming full circle and everybody seems like everybody's teaming up to form these big groups like ASAP Mob or uh, what's this Wolf Gang when Wu-Tang did it first, they actually made it come happen first. But it was, it's great. It's great to see it come full circle and everybody get inspired. Like, do you think that they're the best, you know, group of the '90s? Because to me, they're always, um, they're like the 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 Shaq and Kobe Lakers, you know. Apart, they're all Hall of Famers, but when they're together, you know, it's a dynasty. They're definitely the best group of the '90s for sure. All right, so why do you think we still look about, um, still look at '90s rap, where you know? such a fondness that, that won't go away that, you get that nostalgic feeling like we feel good when we listen to it i was just watching some 90s music and it just put me in a mood like a feel good mood and like you know brought me back to those times you know were you around when 
when we had the cassette tapes or or did you come in with the cds i was around with the cassette tapes for a little bit had a cd player for sure cd player for sure cd player Said tape, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little. I was a little, little though. Um, like, do you think music sounds better, like on a cassette or? I can't take CD that much. I don't or digitalized? Oh, you're I not that old yet. Oh, yeah, I might be for me digitalized. I mean, it gotta be for me digitalized, but I I don't really remember the CD player and cassette tape too much. So like in addition to being an actor, like you're also a hooper. You 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 played at Clark. Can you talk about um your time as a college hooper? Um I played at Clark Atlanta University. I was there for three years. Also played Santa Monica College in, in LA. But um my time at Clark was it was great. It was a great experience. HBCU, um, living on campus, living in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, going to school, getting a free education, playing basketball. I mean pursuing a dream. I was pursuing MBA, but it was it was a great experience just learning me and different different people and working with us. You know, that was a, that was a real mm-hmm. great, great for me. Big facts, man. Um so like there's like a renewed interest in HCBUs when it comes to players. Like can you talk about um like yeah, can you talk about like like um the impact, you know, that that these colleges will receive when they start getting, you know, four and five star players again? Oh, I mean, everything is culture. So culture based and like you said, influence. These kids are coming out of high school with half a million followers. Some of them uh, to their influence is just big on the culture. Everybody's following on Instagram. Social media is big. So just one kid chooses to go maybe to Howard. He go to the NBA. Um, a thousand other kids, me and other kids going to follow because they're going to believe they can take that same lane instead of just going to these big schools and these big other corporations, staying with the culture. All right. So, like, now kind of going back to you, like, what type of player were you um, during college? I played point guard. So, growing up in New York City, I was a feisty little guard. I like to go to the basket. I like to shoot the ball, pass. Yeah, that was me. Talk a lot of shit on the court. Yeah, I might foul you. I was a big foul too. I just like I played defense, so I was like, we know we ain't call call New York. You know what I'm saying? We ain't call no yeah. fouls and none like that. So, hey, it is what it is. You know, um, the NBA they have the All Star Celebrity Game at All Star Weekend. You know, and me personally, I think I, I think I could put up a good you know ten points in that game. But, but hey. how many points are? But how many points are you putting up in the um, All-Star Celebrity game? I mean, I wouldn't even, I can't put a cap on it because I, I, at the end of the day, I did this for a living for 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 a minute. You know what I'm saying? I was playing mm-hmm. basketball for a long time and I still do it now. So it's like, I wouldn't even play. I wouldn't even play with the entertainers. I would just destroy them. I mean, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like I really played basketball. Like that's what, it, that was my first, my first dream was mm-hmm. basketball. So that's, I'm still conditioned as a basketball player right now. You know, um, and who are some of the best ball playing actors or rappers that you have come across in in your fit? It's not really much, but I, I have played with my boy Huncho Quavo. I played with um who else is pretty good? Uh Cole is good, he's straight. Uh Michael B, me and Michael P uh B Jordan play AAU when we were younger. Uh yeah, those are three I would remember. What type of player was um was Michael B? Michael B was a guard too. 
He was, we were short guards. We were short little guards playing. So, you know, guard like everybody want to dribble and, I mean, shoot. That's what we want to do. All right. So, um, like, so, like, when did you decide to forego your hoop dreams and, you know, put your all into acting? Uh, as soon as I, as soon as I um, got cut from the, the New York Knicks G League team out in New York, I was like, yeah, yeah let me just try. Just try his acting. And lo and behold, it started working slowly but surely, and then started picking up and picking up. So I say that was around 2018-ish, 17, yeah. Can you talk about your experience in the G League? Well, um, well, um, what was the comp like for you, the competition? The tryout, the tryout was pretty good. It was lit. I, I mean, everybody was there. All the top basketball players in the city was there or in the nation was there. So the comp competition was high and it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a brotherhood. I still speak to some of the guys today. Some of them have went on to play overseas, continue to play overseas. Some of them have went on and started careers in the NBA. But yeah, it was a great time, great moments. Did you apply any of the disciplines that you learned from basketball and applied it to acting? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, brotherhood is one of the unity working as a team. I mean, even though acting is an individual performance type thing, you're still a part of a whole cast. Especially in my case, I'm part of a TV show. So like to work with the other castmates and work with the other crew to make magic. So, yeah. And the, and the whole brotherhood thing, that sounds like Wu-Tang. So it was yeah. so it was like he was born to play this role, basically. Full divinity, brother. It's full divinity. Mm. All right. So, like, you talk about some of your favorite players or teams to watch now. I like the Nets. I like the Lakers. James Harden, Kyrie, uh, Westbrook, Braun, of course. Kobe was my favorite mm-hmm. player. Jordan was my greatest player of all time. He's Jordan, but Kobe was my favorite player. But, um, yeah, that's my that's my that's my team right there. I got to pick. You, you know, I'm looking forward to that first Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving matchup. I mean, because now, I mean, they played and matched up against each other in the past, but now, it, but now because it's Knicks and Nets, you know, yeah, I think it's yeah, man. It's so be like, big. I'm dying for that. I'm dying for that first game. Oh man, it's gonna be lit. Um, do you think that Brooklyn can go all the way to the finals this year? Because I personally want to see Nets and Lakers because there's so many dynamics, like, so many storylines. I feel like they can if they healthy. If they healthy, if they stay healthy, they definitely can. Mm-hmm. They could have won it this year if 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 KD Foot wasn't on the line. Man, tell me about it. What I think. <laughs> a few dollars to that game do you think kevin love will be a good addition because i'm hearing some things he might get um he might get a kevin buyout love to the, from the Cavs. yeah he might get a buyout yes. from the Cavs, and i think that might be a good addition that might be a little it could work with that kevin love he can still space the floor that's what i'm saying yeah that's all that's all um that's all kevin has to do just stand around and shoot threes he don't he doesn't have to rebound anymore. So I think that would be a good a, a good look for them. Definitely will. How about your Lakers? Um, do you like the Westbrook edition? Definitely. I feel like him and Braun going 
get them to the chip, and we're going to see the Lakers versus Nets. You know, me, I just want the Lakers to win so Melo can um, so Melo can um, get a ring. So people oh, yeah, can, they did can, get can Melo. stop talking shit. Yeah. Nah, I forgot they got Melo. Yeah, that's right. All right, man. So we talked about the NBA. Um, before we go, I want to play start start bench cut with you. All right. So we're gonna do a couple of rounds. Like I'll give you three things, and you just tell me um, start bench or cut it. All right, bet. So the first one is it is gonna be uh, music related. So we have start bench cut. We got Wu Tang, Rockefeller, and Death Row. Start Wu. Bench, Rockefeller, cut death row. They can pack it up. <laughs> All right, man. All right. So the next one is NBA related. Um, this one might get kind of hard for you. All right. So we got start bench cut. Braun, MJ, and Kobe. Braun, MJ, and Kobe. Yep. I told you this one was oh, was going to be. Oh yeah. Start Jordan. Type hard. Uh, bench, Kobe, cut, Braun. Wow, really? I thought you was going to um, kind of go the other way. Nah, I, mean, I told you Jordan was the greatest. <laughs> All right, man. So I think that's a good ending point for us. You know, I want to thank you for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm damn sure excited for season thank two you, of, um, of Wu-Tang. Definitely September 8th, man. Lock in. Appreciate your support, man.